Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Well, good to be here. Thank you for making time to join us from around the other side of the planet. Yes, I'm coming from Tel Aviv, Israel. And uh, just a caveat, if it starts raining, I may have to jump out and move inside. But for now, we're going to roll with it. We are bringing you news that affects Georgia from around the world. Uh, we're also going to bring it down to the local level, because for some reason, as you say, Bill, all the time, it all centers on Georgia. So we're going to talk about the cases in Georgia with Garland Favorito. We're going to dig into how international affairs are impacting citizens of Georgia and the 2024 presidential election. So we're going to dig into all of it. Uh, we are brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. Please put us in your daily scan. Sign up for our newsletters. You can subscribe. It's free. We do have a no-ad subscription, however, and we need your financial support. You get access to 13 digital channels. We're launching the Montana Sentinel as we speak. Uh, the website is up, but the it's not live yet. Uh, but that is coming. We have newspapers all over the U.S. We have a military channel. We have CDM Espanol, Eastern Europe, Middle East, the Balkans. We are literally a global media company that is here to stay, and we need your support. Turn off Fox and support CDM. Our no-ad subscription is $10 a month. We have a, a discount on the annual fee. Uh, it really helps us give us steady income to bring you stories like this from around the world. We're going to talk about what's going on in Israel and Gaza, but I think more importantly, Bill's going to lead us through a discussion with Garland Favorito of Voter GA of what's happening down at your local level. I want to support our sponsors. Uh, they're brave to, to advertise with us, and we need you to support them. First, I want to put up an ad by David Cross. If you need an advisor in these turbulent financial markets, please support Mr. Cross and his efforts and support his business so he supports us. Can you run that ad, Bill? This is a special report. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. So we have a lot of big things coming at CDM. Uh, CDTV is going to be launching in the new year. It's going to be 24-7 streaming with shows that are really informative. You're not going to get talking heads dressed up in pretty dresses of brightly different colors on CDM. You're going to get the real thing, real information that adds value to your life so you can understand what's going on around you and act appropriately for your family, for your town, and for your country, your nation and your religion, whatever it is that's important to you, you need to be able, you need to be informed. And that's the focus of CDM, where we're creating, we're destroying the old media and creating new. So we're very excited about CDTV, which is coming, and the network is growing internationally. So please support us. One way you can support us is to sign up for our Rumble channel, CDM One. We need to grow that and get more viewers on our robust offering of podcasts and video shows like this one. Bill, why don't you bring in our first guest? Okay. Garland Favorito with Voter GA. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. It's great to be back with you guys, Bill Todd. It's been a little while. Well, you you are in the news lately, uh, along with all the uh, initiatives that you've gotten started uh, over these past months. Um, we'd like to get an update on the cases, if you can, and some of the interplay with some of the other cases uh, and legal moves that are out there, if that's possible. Sure, you can go wherever you would like to go. Well, let's start with the with with your cases and any news on those, and uh, and go from there. Well, the main the main news that occurred um, in the last week or so was the that the attorneys for Fulton County uh, for the counterfeit ballot case uh, have withdrawn from the case. This is the Fulton County attorney. So, just to give uh, the audience a little bit of background, this is the case that we filed back in December of 2020 because we found uh, counterfeit ballots, sworn affidavits from senior poll managers like Susie Voles, found um, sworn counterfeit ballots in the audit that was conducted on November 14th and 15th. So they knew that they were counterfeit because they were mail-in ballots. They were not folded from being mailed. They were not, um, uh, uh, cre they were not um, on the correct paper stock. They were not marked with a writing instrument. 
and they were voted the same way in uh, for about uh, dozens of ballots in a row, all the way down ballot. So they knew they were counterfeit. We filed a lawsuit. The judge had given us an order to unseal the ballots. We were about to go forward. Suddenly, Fulton County turned around and hired criminal defense attorneys just to prevent us from looking at the ballots. They filed a motion, and then suddenly the judge said we don't have standing after 10 months. Uh, one of the most bizarre rulings we've seen, we knew that we were that he was lying. Uh, we took the case to the Court of Appeals. They actually upheld his, which was really bizarre. We took it to the Supreme Court and won. They said uh, unanimously, without even having a hearing, that sure, anyone in Georgia has always had standing any citizen, resident, taxpayer, or, or voter has always had standing to challenge uh, an, an elections official or an agency who violated the law. So that case kicked back um, and to the Court of Appeals. They sat on it for another six months and gave it to the Superior Court. And even before they had given it to the Superior Court, Judge Amaro, who made the original uh, bad decision, tried to transfer this case to Judge Robert McBurney, who was presiding over the Fonnie Willis uh, indictment uh, case. And uh, there was a lot of issues he had there. He also presided over the Purdue's lawsuit. We, we, uh, he made a lot of snide remarks about that, and he um, basically allowed the excerpt of the grand jury report to be unsealed, referencing a Supreme Court case that said, exactly the opposite of what he claimed that it said. So we filed a motion to recuse on that. We're waiting to hear, uh, uh, have a trial on that. And in the meantime, these two attorneys, uh, Don Samuel and Amanda Clark Powell, um, withdrew from the case. Um, and there was, uh, they, they withdrew from the case because they are representing people who are in, uh, were um, uh, investigated by Fonnie Willis. Specifically, Don Samuels was representing Ray Smith and Amanda Clark uh, Palmer is representing Sullivan Strickler, uh, that that you know did the sur the surge, um, server image copy in Coffee County, so that they could preserve the evidence for the Trump uh, election challenge, and also to get a forensic exam. Does uh, that strike you as a bit odd that they would move from being, you know, defending the county to, you know, representing one of the defendants? It does. Going, going after? It does uh, strike me a bit odd, uh, Todd. Um, they are uh, good attorneys. So um, Ray, um, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, my understanding is that Don Sanders is going to make a good constitutional argument for Ray, which we have uh, also uh, argued uh, in our, I think, in our call for the impeachment of Fannie Willis. So, um, uh, yes, but yeah, Bill, it does strike me uh, a bit odd there. Um, mm. I think another motive is that uh, because they know that they can, they can, they're not going to be able to stop the ballots uh, from being exposed anymore, at least they're worried about it, particularly because of Harrison Floyd's case, where they, have, uh, they are also seeking the very same ballots we're seeking. And the judge is going to be hard-pressed to uh, prevent Harrison Floyd from getting it, because he's facing 33 years in jail for uh, crimes that he didn't commit. In fact, there was no crime, uh, as you know, in any of those 19 indictees. Uh, but um, so I think that might have been a motive for them um, withdrawing from the case. That is interesting. It it strikes me as interestingly connected that Harrison Floyd, having been charged, would then. Um, have the he and his counsel would have the foresight to pursue these ballots, and yet that may be the key to so many things were it to be unsealed. And yeah. uh, you yeah. know, you fought for two years, more than two years now, to get a look at these things, and and they've prevented you. And then here it comes, out of call it left field, uh, if you will, that there's a case that may allow this. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, we may have to thank Fonnie Wallace for this uh, when we're all done, uh, because because she's uh, pursued these bogus criminal charges. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm afraid I've used all my thank you cards uh, filled out to Fannie Willis already. But uh, <laughs> what uh, do you do you have do you have any concern that in the in the course of Harrison Floyd's case, they might you know similar to what was done with uh, Curling Raffensperger, they might seal some of this information. 
so it would not be available to other cases and to the public? Well, uh, there's a possibility, uh, but I can't see any reason why they would seal ballots. You know, Fulton County has, again, tried to argue that ballots have personal identifying in, uh, information. They lied to the court. Their county, Fulton County attorney representing the clerk's office lied to the court. It's the same lie that Fulton County attorneys told, uh, or at least one of the attorneys, told our judge, Amaro, uh, back in January of 2021. Uh, same lie, uh, ballots have PII, they don't. Uh, I don't know of any ballot uh, in any state, particularly Georgia, that's ever had any personal identifying information on it. So uh, they uh, they uh, basically uh, were exposed. Uh, fortunately, our attorney, uh, Todd Harding, was in the courtroom for Harrison, and he uh, mentioned to uh, Chris, the other attorney, that, uh, that there was there's no PII on ballots, and he was able to get that in front of the judge to counteract the lie that they that uh, the judge uh, had uh, had heard because the judge was actually buying into it completely. Yeah. Garland, what, what's the next step do you see and do the ballots still exist in your opinion? Yeah. So yeah, Todd, so there was a report that speculated that the ballots were um, had been destroyed and that's why the, uh, the attorneys had withdrawn. Uh, I don't think that is the case. Um, I had uh, I, I actually filed an open records request for the ballots just a couple of weeks ago just to see what they would say. And Fulton County said they're still under seal. So uh, uh, we will, uh, I, I think that they're still available. However, we don't know for sure. Uh, yeah. There is no oversight. You know, we had the issue of the, you know, the sheriffs were supposed to over, uh, oversee that for a while. And then they allowed the warehouse to be unsecured and left uh, their watch. Um, you know, so we've still had that issue. Um, so really, there is a, isn't anybody in Fulton County you can trust. Is it possible that they could be swapped out, or would you know if they were swapped out? We, we've got some chain of custody um, procedures that we could probably detect that if it happened, or at least possibly mm -hmm. detect it. Um, so uh, that's, um, I, I think we're okay there, but you never know until you see it. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no telling what we may find. I yeah. mean, they've had two years now to, to prepare. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. You'd gone through some of the reasons why folks, why, why um, your team and others uh, had reported that these were um, uh, not valid ballots. They were, uh, they, they were exhibited symptoms of, of uh, not ballots that wouldn't be real. One of them was, you know, if you, if you, create and and uh, fill out and mail in or deliver an absentee ballot, you have to put it in an envelope has to be creased, right? So you would see fold marks and so forth on it. And if I understood your, your opening correctly, those are missing. So it looks like the paper's never been folded. So it couldn't have been put in an envelope, hence couldn't have been submitted. Is that fair? And then um, the other, one of the other key ones is the, the circles where you would fill things in and write it in, bubble it in. Normally would be, you could look and see that they were filled in by a writing instrument by a human hand. And from what I had read, they appeared to have been filled in, in many cases, identically, but not by a human instrument. It looked like it might've been, I don't know, laser printed or something. Is that is that fair? Yeah, very smooth circle, which would not be what you would see if uh, a voter had marked that with a hand. Yep. Now, the, the other thing, and this may be a separate issue or a separate batch, but I recall seeing uh, David Cross recently discuss uh, locating duplicate ballots based on things, including slight variations in the way circles were filled in. And they could spot those in a couple of the cases, um, extraneous marks that might have appeared near a, near a choice on a ballot. Are these, is that a different group or is this part of what you're looking to have unsealed or do you know? Well, at, at last uh, count, I believe there were at least 375 duplicate scan ballots. I think that count has gone up since then. But at the time we did our analysis a year ago, we found uh, 375 duplicate scan ballots. And then we found another four to 6,000 
that of duplicate reported ballots. So in other words, they were reported twice in the audit. And this is the same audit that the um, uh, uh, Secretary of State said verified the original result, yeah. which is not technically possible. Right, right. So um, the other question, if we can step out of just your cases for a minute, I wanted to get your impression on what's going on sort of nationally. The uh, There's been efforts in Minnesota, Colorado, uh, and, and hints about others to keep uh, Trump off the ballot. And, you know, they've been pursuing actions in Colorado to keep him from being able to be placed on the Republican primary ballot. And that seems to have some movement. Give us your thoughts about what's happened and where you think that leaves, you know, the uh, the bad guys trying to keep him off the ballot and, our, and the good guys trying to make sure he's on the ballot. Yeah, so um, the... Uh it's, it's just, um, it's unconstitutional to try to take somebody off a ballot when they've never been convicted of any crime. Uh, and, uh, and I doubt seriously if they're going to be able to convict uh, Donald Trump of any crime because he hasn't committed any crime. So, but anyway, uh, now recently I think that uh, even the Colorado judge, which many people thought was going to rule uh, against uh, Donald Trump and try to remove him from the ballot, she's highly liberal. I think they found out that she had uh, had connections with B, uh, B, uh, BLM, and you guys probably know that better than, than I do. Um, uh, but anyway, she even she ruled that he that she couldn't remove him from uh, the ballot, because that would just be completely unconstitutional. Well, she did, Garland, she did rule that he committed an insurrection, and the fear is that that precedent could be used in other cases. What are your thoughts about that? Well, she doesn't have the authority to determine whether or not he committed an insurrection. Uh, mm -hmm. That is what the uh, DOJ uh, uh, is trying to do right now. They're trying to try him for being involved in the, in the, in, in, in the insurrection. She doesn't have the authority to conduct a criminal trial in a civil case, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, so, and this is uh, why we are seeing uh, all throughout the country, we're seeing these Marxist judges just making up law. And we did a press conference on this. Oh, actually, we did it on your show just about a week or two ago. And we walked through all of these judges who are all have been secretly assigned to cases and they all have uh, incredible partisan connections that should have never been assigned to the case in the first place. And they're sitting there judging on matters in which uh, a, a biased district attorney uh, who appears to be Soros funded has, has put up stuff that's not even a crime and tried to get uh, an indictment um, against Donald Trump. I mean, this is, this is the complete perversion of the American judicial system right before our eyes. I, mm -hmm. I bet y'all never had, would dream that this would have happened in, in your lifetimes if you're like me. Yeah, yes. it's interesting that a lot of this is going on as we enter uh, 2024 too. It would, you know, I was just at an event yesterday and, and folks were talking about, you know, what do we do? You know, we're getting awful close here into the into the cycle. What do we do? And we've got, um, you know, we have issues with uh, with state politicians, U.S. politicians that represent Georgia and other states, thing people making um, uh, decisions and, and voting for things that are that do not seem to be in uh, in alignment with their constituents' wishes. So, um, how do you see your and voter GA's role as we get into this with with regard to? You know, holding holding these folks accountable, reminding people as we get closer who did what, so that folks can make an informed choice. Um, it's it's really difficult. You know, we're you know, as you know, we've got this whole legislative um, um, initiative that we're working on. We've got we know exactly what bills have to be passed. A lot of good bills are introduced; they just have to be passed. That would uh, help secure the twenty twenty four elections. But even still, it doesn't hold anybody accountable because we're just looking at it primarily from a civil matter to protect the right to vote for yeah. Georgians. But what about all the, as you said, all the criminal activity that is on, has gone on um, and uh, no one is being held accountable. So what, what we're seeing is uh, this 
it's an amazing that what we're seeing is a cover-up by the uh, Georgia judicial system and other judicial systems around the country to cover up election fraud errors and irregularities and protect criminals who are involved in elections uh, theft. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, but we've seen this over and over, not just with our cases and not just in Georgia, but uh, throughout the, uh, the, the country. Yeah. Todd, uh, other questions? Uh, I think that's about it. I just was really curious as on the Fulton case and, and what else is going on in Georgia and, and where you think this is going to go and what the timing is. But that's basically it. Yeah, there's one more thing that I know y'all are interested in that has occurred recently, and that is that Judge uh, Totenberg has decided to order trial in the Curling v. Raffensperger case. Um, our co-founder uh, at Voter J, Ricardo Davis, uh, Ricardo is a plaintiff in that case. Uh, so uh, we're excited about that and the opportunity that they'll have to go back into court uh, and uh, try to really seal the deal um, there and get some uh, removal of uh, the ballot marking devices or maybe maybe move to hand my paper ballots or hopefully even better than that uh, if possible. But uh, so that's really exciting. Um, uh, and that'll be coming up January 9th in the U.S. District Court. So uh, looking forward to that, uh, to see how that turns out. That's great. But uh, Garland, remind folks where they can watch uh, what you're doing, watch your work, and um, and leverage the findings that, uh, that you have already available to them. Well, thank you, Bill. Everything's out on VoterGA.org, as you all know. Um, and uh, we are nonpartisan, nonprofit. You've got all the legal briefs up there and the press conferences, just an amazing wealth of information that people can get up to speed on what really happened in Georgia, and even a couple of articles about what happened nationally. So uh, we are, uh, you know, nonprofit, nonpartisan. It's uh, tax deductible donations, and probably the most important thing is uh, neither me nor Tamara take a salary from VoterJ. We are volunteers. We're almost a exclusively volunteer organization. So uh, that's uh, the money. I mean, any money that's raised uh, goes straight to the legal fees, and uh, we, you know, thank the folks that, that watch this because you know they are our supporters, you know, as well as yours. So we're we're grateful to everybody watching out there. That's great. Well, thank you for being with us. We'll look forward to the next time, which I bet won't be very far in the future. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, we're back. We are. Thank you. I'm, I was just, I'm going to send you a text in the chat there, Bill. Check that out. So um, how do you, what do you don't want to talk about Israel now? What do you want to talk oh, about? Are we, are we up for a break or do we want to go to Israel? Either one. Yeah, let, let's, uh, I'll do a quick uh, talk about one of our sponsors, the emergency medical kit from the wellness company. If you go to twc.health forward slash CDM, you can check out their emergency medical kit. There is news which we're digging into right now that the entire cities in Ukraine are being locked down due to a hepatitis outbreak. We're trying to confirm that, but if it's true or not, um, you know, there's a saying on Wall Street that interest rates are low until they're not. Well, they, the lockdowns are not here until they are. And so you need to be prepared to support your family and to take care of any medical emergencies that happen if you can't get to CVS if it's closed, if you can't get to your doctor and get a prescription. So this emergency medical kit will do that. It's for one adult. You can order it and get a 10% discount if you use promo code CDM, and that's twc.health forward slash CDM is where you can get this medical kit. So that's one issue. But also many of you have relatives that are suffering from the spike from the uh, COVID vaccines. Uh, this basically the vaccines instruct your body to make a toxin for we don't know how long it could be years. It could be the rest of your life. And that causes massive problems inside your body. We've I had a, a woman come to me recently. She has lots of problems uh, with reproduction, uh, with swelling of her breasts and other things. And so I, I mentioned you should probably look into this because uh, it's from the vaccine. So if you want to purify your blood and or have a relative you're really concerned about uh, get the wellness company spike support which has ingredients that will destroy the spike that's being created in your body which is a toxin which could cause cancer autoimmune diseases like Megan kelly admitted 
Um, this is really important if you've been vaccinated. So go to the wellness company, twc.health promo forward slash CDM and use promo code CDM to get the best 10% discount on all of their products. Uh, before we move on, I wanted to make one comment. We were lucky enough to have uh, Peter Galuli, who's CEO of the wellness company on uh, a couple of days ago on the Georgia 2024 show, Wednesday edition. He noted something that I, I'm not sure was on my radar, and that is that certain medications are being taken off uh, drugstore shelves and uh, may not be available. And so yes. just thinking about the emergency kit, it makes it even that much more uh, imperative to have appropriate medications available to, to you and your family. So I just wanted to mention that he brought it up this week and I thought it was uh, worthwhile. No, that's, that's very important. You've seen that already with cold medicines and, you know, antibiotics could be next or any other types of medication. We saw hydro, hydrochloroquine and uh, ivermectin during the lockdown. So have this on hand and uh, you'll be thankful when, when the problems come, which they are coming. Okay. There we go. So you're you're in uh, you're in Israel at the moment. What a what an amazing time to be there to be able to see what's really happening. Um, you're open to you. Tell us tell us how to begin thinking about your experiences there. Well, we've had several broadcasts already, and we're going to continue these for the next week or so, and possibly longer, depending. And then we're going to be elsewhere in Europe after that, and uh, on some issues which are front and center that we want to report on. But uh, the big thing I noticed coming here, and we're going to be having meetings all week. It's been Shabbat over the weekend and raining, so there hasn't been much going on. But we're, what I noticed is it's a very eerie, similar feel to after 9-11. Uh, the, the population is uh, angry, worried about the hostages. That's the focus, is you walk into the airport, and there's just you know this initial impression of, here are the hostages, bring them home. The slogan on the buildings, which light are lit up at night, says never again is now. And so the whole population is being focused on this war with Hamas and getting the hostages home. It's pressuring the government. It's going to be interesting to see how the Netanyahu government survives or doesn't survive over the next few weeks. Uh, but the hostages are definitely front and center uh, with the with with the population. We have some video clips that actually show that. Shall we bring those up? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Here we go. So this is coming into the airport. Um, that's actually in Midtown Atlanta, showing the focus on the hostages. So it's really a global thing. And there's the never again is now photo with all the hostage faces in the background. So that's a global coordination on this. It's an info war. It is. It's it's striking that so much happened and it seems to be coordinated quickly and in, in ways that are um, perhaps a bit surprising. Especially on the Hamas side, that was immediate. I think we lost the, did you have the airport? Or I, that, or, I, uh, let's see. Give me just a moment. The hostages uh, at the airport. That's, well, I guess they're shut off. Oh, there's part that's, of it. Yeah, that's okay. You can see that um, in the airport, you get you get shown that right right away. And another thing we noticed is there's a lot of military age men at the airport uh, coming from Oops. around the world to uh, sign up for their reservist duty with the IDF. And yeah, let's take a look at that while we got yeah. just a moment. I think I think we've got the whole. Yep. For some reason, it's it's cutting off part of our feed on this. Those are the duffel bags from the guys coming in. To you can see all the guys coming in. To sign up for their reserve duty. There are a lot of fighting age men at the airport, and um, we've talked about that over the last couple of days. And a lot of security at the airport too. Yeah, you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, on both sides in the U.S. and in Israel, and we did experience one missile attack two days ago over Tel Aviv, where the Iron Dome shot down the uh, the projectile, and that's been happening also to the north in Lebanon. Uh, firing into northern Israel and the Golan Heights, and we hope to get up there in coordination with the IDF over the next few days and report from the north and the south as to what's actually happened on the ground here in Israel. So how, how are the people in well, where you are, where you can see them, how are they reacting to all of this? I mean, they're in a, all of a sudden they're in a war zone. Well, Israelis are very used to this. I, I spoke about this earlier, and, and they really try to move on with their lives. And uh, you know, continue their whatever they're doing for their 
jobs, with their families, with their religion. And, and they're used to this rocket fire over Tel Aviv. I think it's probably a lot different down in the south. Uh, I think the army has moved a lot of the population out, especially near the Gaza border. Uh, and it's controlled by the army. But here in Tel Aviv, in the cities, it's life is normal. I think you sent some video on that to show that, yeah. too. These are just storefronts along a couple of the main streets, yeah? Yeah, that's just uh, some artists continuing to make art. And people are enjoying the cafes as normal on the streets, coffee houses, etc., cetera, uh, Israeli society. Huh, so. interesting. So you mentioned the, the connection or parallel, if you will, with um, 9-11. There's, there's still some open questions in corners of all of this, isn't there? Yeah, I find the question that has not been answered yet is how did this happen? Why did it happen? Why was the Israeli army moved away from the border? Why did they not respond for hours? Uh, why did no one notice intelligence that you know, this crossing may be made across the southern border. Why did they not see them coming when they have sophisticated electronic systems? So all those questions need to be answered. You know, there's been people who have been lost their security clearances in the Obama or no slip of the tongue there, Obiden, Obiden administration. Oh, Biden. And, and uh, so they, they, they are there's a lot of Islamic Iranian infiltration into the U.S. government especially this administration. Some have lost their security clearances recently off the National Security Council. Yeah. And uh, that being said, uh, were, was all the intelligence that we received passed to the Israelis? Did someone inside the Israeli government prevent a response? Uh, all of this needs to come to light because it just feels way too manufactured like after 9-11 at this point, in my opinion. Well, last week we had uh, two former officers of the IDF, uh, Israeli Defense uh, forces um, that were on video saying, you know, this is never supposed to be able to happen. There's, there's people sitting whose job is to simply look at a screen. And if a cat walks up to the, you know, to the uh, fencing and, and uh, demarcation line at, on the, uh, around Gaza, they'll set off alarms. I mean, a kitty yeah. cat will do it. So yeah. if that's the case, how were they able to get, you know, explosives and other things that we've seen in previous uh, broadcasts? How were they able right. to get those nearby and actually execute it? So, uh, and then you had the immediate reaction of the Hamas demonstrations all around the world. It's, inter so. it's interesting you bring that up. And and one of the things that's been interesting here in the U.S. is uh, in the last several days, uh, Fox and other uh, traditional news organizations have been pointing the finger at a few people. We were able to grab one um uh, one broadcast from Fox where they they highlight the supposed role of a couple, Neville uh, Roy Singham and his wife, Josie, Jody Evans, who uh, are um, apparently multimillionaires or billionaires and apparently behind some of the organizations that may be supporting this. Um, maybe it takes maybe we'll take a minute and see that. Go ahead. Massive pro-Palestinian rallies here in New York City and D.C. leads back to this couple. Now, the free press reporting tech entrepreneur Neville Roy Singham and his wife Jody Evans funneled more than 20 million to a group called the People's Forum starting in 2017. The People's Forum, headquartered in Manhattan, has pro-Palestinian signs plastered everywhere. The group proclaiming to advocate for marginalized communities. The People's Forum, with other social justice groups organized this November 4th protest in Washington, D.C., and this rally, thousands flooding Times Square back on October 8th. The Free Press reporting the deep-pocketed couple have long been tied to social justice or Marxist movements. A New York Times investigation linking the tech entrepreneur to at least four nonprofits peddling Chinese propaganda. Now, Singham denies any ties to the Chinese Communist Party, but reportedly lives in Shanghai. This this past June, his wife had nothing but praise for China and its political system in this YouTube video. It's like the idea that it's a authoritarian system that controls everything is like so crazy. What a crazy notion um, that we've been sold. 
Now, we've repeatedly reached out to the People's Forum about their ties to this couple, but have not heard back. The People's Forum is co-organizing another rally to be held this Friday called Shut It Down for Palestine. Martha. All right, CB, thank you. So, pop quiz, what's your favorite quote out of that entire video? <laughs> it was the one where she said uh, the idea that it's control from the top or whatever it was. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's like yeah. it, it's like uh, Klaus Schwab saying, no, we are not we are not trying to lead you anywhere. Mm -hmm. We just, you mm -hmm. know, want you to eat the bugs. And you know, the no, there's nothing happening here. There's really nothing here to wonder about, you know. Um, the other thing that strikes me is it's it seems to be a convenient they seem to be a convenient target. Are they probably doing what they're being um, what's being reported? Probably. Are they the only ones? Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, no, I think uh, this is obviously orchestrated in a huge way as the Ukraine war was orchestrated, as COVID was orchestrated, as the summer of love was orchestrated. Uh, this is a, another in the long list of productions by whoever is running this theater company. Yeah. You you mentioned the hostages earlier and in, in, in mm -hmm. um, another venue, you'd mentioned the, the um, efforts to uh, put um, uh, forces actually, unfortunately, in harm's way to go see if they could track them down. We were also able to download a, uh, a, a short clip of of those efforts um, if we want to show that. But maybe you yeah. could describe it first. Yeah, well, the IDF puts out daily updates, uh, real time, and this is one they put out today of a joint gender, which meaning they mean male and female, not transgender, um, essentially running a rescue operation under the rubble. But they've also put out a lot of videos of the tunnels under the hospitals and the infrastructure Hamas has built. But yeah, go ahead. This is just the one of the joint rescue force. And they're just trying to show that uh, men and women soldiers are active in Israel. Some people may remember that uh, virtually everybody that uh, is in Israel at some point, um, I've forgotten the age now, but are, are uh, beholden to serve in the military uh, in some fashions. Is that that's still correct? Yes. Yes. And even uh, a lot of people overseas, as we mentioned, have been called up for reserve duty and flying back to Israel. Yep. So th this has really united the population, just like 9-11 united the American population. And, and in a way that there was a lot of division in Israel prior to this, and that has really gone away. I mean, there's still some pushback against Netanyahu, and we're going to watch that very closely. But uh, the Israeli society has come together to fight this. Anything else that you want to share yet with Israel? I know you're going to be there a number number of days more. and I'm sure Yeah, we're going to be, be here at least another week. Uh, and we're going to have some pretty high-level meetings. We'll come back. We're going to do some traveling around uh, now that the weekend is over and things get going again tomorrow morning. Uh, so we'll be trying to do one a day, maybe two a day if needed, uh, if there's enough to talk about. Uh, but we just wanna bring the feel of what's happening on the ground, which CDM always does. And people that have been watching us since we began in 2015 know that we've been on the ground in Israel, in, uh, in the Caucasus, in, in, in the Ukraine, and elsewhere and, and really have brought stuff early. And let me just mention, we, we made, we issued a report five days ago, five days that the, we had reporters in other countries who had heard on Russian media that they had come to a five day ceasefire agreement. And just today, the Washington Post is announcing that. So if you wanna know what's going on early, follow us at CDM across all our networks uh, that we have 13 digital channels It all feeds into cdm.press and uh, we are the new media company that's going to take the world by storm without all the progressive spin, the globalist spin. Which is okay. I will also share that I was at a, an event here in Georgia uh, yesterday and a number of folks said, uh, you know, the, they were very, very gracious, said thank you for the work that's being done. And I'll, almost to a person, they knew that you were uh, actually traveling in Israel. So they're watching, 
and interested to see what we un, what you and and uh, the team uncovers uh, while you're over there. So uh, well done. And you 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 heard one other comment about the news, the way we deliver it. What was that? So it it was uh, and it's not wasn't meant to be derogatory or negative uh, to anybody, but they said you know the, the our their impression of CDM was that we are uh, we are like the news as they wish it to be traditional moderate fact-based timely relevant mm -hmm. and and without any of the um, um, trappings that you know some kind of get caught up in nowadays with um, with various uh, on venues. both sides yeah yeah on both sides so yeah. th they said you know we, we know if you're going to report it we we know you've researched it and uh and we can count on you made your best efforts to uncover whatever is underneath all that that you're bringing out. So it right. was it was actually very gracious. No, that's exactly the what we want to get out there is real news, timely, uh, that you can trust. So that, that's yep. really good feedback. I'm I'm glad you heard that. So uh, I want to just give a plug for the book that I have just released, which is extremely timely. I spent a lot of time with the Iranian resistance in Paris and in their camp in Albania. I was the first journalist several years ago in their camp in Albania. I sat down with a lot of them for days, the survivors of the mass murders in the 80s, where they've executed 30,000 in a period of days. I have sat with a lot of the female fighters. I've sat with girls with their hands blown off who were part of the tank brigades in the wars against the mullahs. So if you want to know what the regime really fears, it's the MEK. And this book is available at historyofbooks.com, but you can get it anywhere. Uh, and it's really going to be informative because the U.S. government actually has been preventing their story from getting out. And that's all in the book. So uh, thank you for for supporting CDM and, and picking up this book. Make a great Christmas present for those who like international affairs. Yeah, yeah I think you'd mentioned, too, in the past week that, uh, you know, some folks would prefer that this not reach the public. There appears to be some efforts to yeah, we press it a bit. The reviews have been shut down on Amazon. I think I don't think there's been a review posted, although many people have tried. I haven't checked it today, but that was the case. And we've had book signings, cancellations. They're getting phone calls. You know, don't have this event, so uh, they definitely are trying. To, and that's what the U.S. government and the mullahs and the Ministry of Intelligence in Iran has done for some time: is suppress this group's efforts. Uh, but it is the one. You know, I saw a thing on Twitter. Uh, recently, where you know the, the the resistance units inside Iran will burn billboards of the mullahs, they'll they'll blow up uh, you know certain offices, and somebody put an image of the fire of the billboard, saying, "Look, the people of Iran have had enough." And yes, but that's the MEK has been active for a decade doing that exact same thing, and they're right, they've had enough. But we need to talk about who's actually doing it, and who who is needs to be supported. Yeah. And that book will do that. So in the midst of, you know, the uh, the area you're in and all its conflict and Iran and, and its troubles, there's there does seem to be some pockets of um, goodness around the world. And, and one of them happens to be a supporter of, uh, of CDM and a friend of yours. So I think you, you spent some time uh, recently with him, maybe. Yeah, Glade Miller-Smith, our cattleman in Nebraska, we've been doing a series of interviews on self-reliance. Uh, community and how to protect your family in the coming times and build networks around yourself that can help you in the crises that are coming. I sat down with Glade. He's always got some wise words. So I think I'll play this interview and uh, go from there. We're back with our friend out West, Glade Miller-Smith from familyfarmbeefbox.com. He has some wise words on dependence on others for us today. And uh, welcome, Glade. Thanks for coming on. Well, nice to be visiting with you, sir. I know you've got you've got a lot going on on your plate internationally and within our nation and big things. And, you know, we talked a little bit. Sometimes it's good to have a little bit of good news, too. You know, not, not lose sight that there are good things in the world. There's good things going on to be grateful for. Not that we shouldn't be concerned about others. But we need to all have something uh, to be fighting for. That's something that has really come into my mind is there's there's conflict over here. And, you know, we, we, there's some different political things going on at, at here within our own nation. You know, well, it's easy to get upset about what's going on and we need to fight against this. Yes. What are we fighting for? What do, what do we have to live for? 
let, let's not lose sight of that. Let's let's once we get done with that conflict, we go home and we're glad because now we can do what? Now we can do this. And and maybe things are a little simpler out here on the farm. I don't know. You know, we we feed cows. We you know we raise crops. We it's easy for me to lose track of. Man, there's a big conflict going on over here. Um, but uh, just hit that little button there. You know, I, I was studying this morning and reading, and, and I I was reminded that brothers, I urge you more and more to walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And I think of like there's there's I see such a push of people want to sell their home and buy a plot of land and 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 start raising food and build themselves a own home and and there's an appeal to this and I, I question what is it that's really driving that appeal and there's a concept that that God gave us, I believe, that he wants us to be dependent on no one. Mm-hmm. You know, that he wants us to be able to provide for ourselves. But what does that look like when it really plays out? And, you know, does, does God want us, is it even good for us to just be on a little rock in an island and like, oh, no one's here and I don't need anyone? Well, I I came up in, in, in my own little brain here and, you know, we, we have our church and our community and our nation. You know, that that's our brothers. I urge you, brothers, to walk properly. Now, how should we be acting, working, living amongst each other? We should be an example to those around us. I urge you to walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And and I had a little story here as, as we, you know, what it looks like out in my part of the world when you're dependent on no story, one. Man. We love your story. <laughs> to be dependent on no one. So, you know, if I've got a, a grandmother who's who's still with us. She's in her upper 80s. She still lives at home. Uh, but my dad, I imported my wife from Kentucky. My dad imported his wife from Maryland. We bring her out to the farm, you know, kicking and screaming, but they get over it eventually and then learn the life. Yeah. So we, we, uh, <laughs> but my grandmother is still with us and we've got some aunts and uncles and cousins and, and it's a long ways over there when you've got six kids in a car. Uh, or a pile of money in airlines. We just airlines. We, I, I'll, I'll skip that idea with six kids. Yeah. So, so we drive, but it takes a. It's a commitment to get over there. But she's my grandma, family. You know, sure. there, there we go. But when you're in my part of the world and you leave, I've got chores that involve more than just getting the mail. Mm-hmm. So what what do you do? And so, uh, for me to not be dependent on others, that doesn't mean I do it. Like that would mean if it was just me, that mean I, I never leave and I never go visit grandma because I'm, I don't need anyone else. Well, that's not the case because, you know, somebody's got to, you know, check my chickens and feed the calves and I got to go tend the milk cow and feed the cows and, and so on and so forth. You know, who's going to do that chore? You know, and so but for me, my community, those I got my neighbors right around here. Now out here, they're country neighbors. They're somewhere between, you know, a mile and seven miles away. But I'll, I'll uh, you know, and my wife asked me, who are we going to get to do our chores when we're gone? And Well, it's not the matter of can we find someone, it's who's going to draw the short straw. Like, they'll do it if I ask them to. Like, oh, sure, yeah. that's fine, but, you know, and then they get paid in chicken eggs for doing it. You know, it's 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 not a well-paid position. But uh, but no, that whoever I ask, any of a number of people will say, sure, yeah, yeah absolutely, Glade, we'll help you. You know, that that's what it looks like for me to not be dependent on others, as in, I'm not going to go call the state or an employment agency or, or, you know, some outside, you know, organization. Like, no, I'm, I've got my people. I've got my brothers that we have a relationship with and we care for each other. And, and if they're gone, you know what? I run over and feed their cows. You know, it's, that's what it means to not be dependent on anyone. And, and that's why I, I think we're missing that. And why there's such a desire to, I'm going to give up everything I have and go homestead. I'm going to go, I got to move to the country. I got to go. But but just keep in mind, you, you've got to not just build yourself and provide for your family, but, but we've got to make these connections within, if you're not in a church, get in a church. You know, if you're not, if you don't know your neighbors, get to know your neighbors, you know, and, and on a greater scale, this is kind of where, you know, my conversation with you and me, like, we're Americans. We're on the same yeah. team, and so there's there's different there's different levels of of this brotherhood of where we're not dependent on others. You know, as, as I watch what you're doing and and it's unfolding as as you to be informed about things, 
trust your brotherhood, you know? So this it's kind of, is it's kind of like the original sharing economy, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the original Uber, you know, <laughs> the original like, Uber, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of this in, and it kind of saddens me in a little bit and I'm, and I'm not going to say anybody's name or anything, but it, we should be all over the country and, and regularly I'll, I'll, we're not super duper organized. I mean, I'm sitting there packing all the boxes and my kids help this and the other, but we, we try to be as organized as we can, you know, order comes through. I try to get it out the next Monday and occasionally somebody forgets, Oh, I'm going to be out of town. So they used to shoot me an email or whatever. And we actually get email out here on the farm. I love that. Fantastic. Great. So, you know, and they say, well, we're not going to be here. Can you, can you redirect the package? Sometimes I can occasionally I've, send it to somebody else like like yeah. it's already in route i had one at one time i had a package headed to florida and they were plumb gone or or maybe it was even like they had a bill come up and they needed a couple two three hundred dollars to pay this car bill or something you know don't worry i'll send you your money back and then <laughs> but if i ship that back to my place it's going to be rotten dog meat by the time it gets sure. there you know but uh so i call up another customer in florida hey i got a box of beef in florida can, can i sell you three hundred dollars worth of beef <laughs> Oh, sure. Send it to me. You know, and so I, I try to work with, because, you know, we're, we're a brotherhood. I'm going to work yeah. with you a little bit. But, but where it gets sad to me is, you know, we're going to be gone and the beef's on our porch. You know, can you can you do something else with it? And sometimes like I've already shipped it and I just ask him, can, can you have your neighbor go put that beef in the freezer? And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to ask somebody to come over for a week or two every day to feed cows. Yeah. Surely somebody can put the beef in the freezer. Yeah. No. More oh, and, and, and don't feel bad if you're watching this and you're thinking, I don't trust my neighbors. And maybe you don't, but like it, it's interesting to me to, to realize most uh, a big part of our country doesn't think about it the way that I do. Sure, just go grab your neighbor, you know, come into your house, do your, you know, put it in your freezer. It's not that way. And and I think Maybe you've got different neighbors than me and you don't want those neighbors in your house. But 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 this is an area I think we should work on. You know, the, the brotherhood that we have, let us walk before outsiders. Let, let's make sure that folks see a difference in what we're doing and, and be dependent on no one because we have each other. Well, I think people are going to be forced to do that soon, Glade. Yeah, it's that's, you know, the, the little meme that I've seen that, that has gone around that, you know, hard times make tough men. Mm -hmm. good, good times make weak men and on down the line eventually they're going to need to bind up together yes and and, and uh and they're going to have to do some real work completely know, agree completely agree so um what's going on in the beef world uh, are you what cuts are you specializing in right now what, what do you well I, I can say i am grateful when we get to colder weather because uh -huh. it's a lot easier to keep beef frozen <laughs> i can say that much uh -huh. Um, I'll speak a, uh, just a little bit on it's continued to be a question that we've had, you know, MRA and mRNA vaccines in beef and, and what's an update on that. And so I want to just clear the air a little bit that as of this moment, there isn't any commercially available mRNA vaccines being offered to the agricultural beef industry. Mm -hmm. That's what I can speak. I can speak to the beef industry. Um, it is something that is being tested now. Yeah. Now, so I've had to clarify my position a little bit because it's not currently commercially available yet. Our position is, should it become commercially available, we're not going to use it. Yeah. And, and I've talked to, you know, our, our veterinary, we've got large animal, not every area of the country has large animal veterinarians, but, you know, we, he's, he's in agreement with, with this uh, prescription that we're just going to avoid that. Um, and it's not something that at this point I have been given anything that would mandate that I should use it. You know, that's been another question. Well, they're going to force you to use it. Um, and, and in my industry, uh, I, I, am, uh, I also work in cattle marketing. And so I, I work with cattle producers. I'm kind of uniquely qualified to be speak on behalf of cattle producers because we, we market breeding stock. Uh, through a company called Right Livestock from Idaho to Virginia. Mm. And so I, I, in my phone, there's thousands of customers that, that I have connections with as far as marketing their breeding stock. And, and if I call them, they say, hi, Glade. You know, this, this, so when I say that as of this point, they're not asking producers 
to uh, to utilize mRNA. I've, I've got a significant list of contacts that I can that that we we converse with that that confirm that no, this isn't happening yet. Now, what, what are people saying in the industry? Are, are, are they worried <coughs> about it? Are they looking forward to it? Are they opposed? I have it? not. I have not talked to you know in uh, you know Western Nebraska. So that's where I am. That that's what I call home. We're uh, some on some level statistically the most red population uh, of any district in, in the country. You know, there we're we've got Omaha out east, and we try not to claim them, just like other places don't claim their cities. You know, so but in in our world, er, most people raise cattle. You know, that's predominantly what we do. And so when I talk to people in our area, and 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 broader, of course, um, it's either a combination of no, we're not going to, or I had never heard of this because not everybody watches the same sort of news channels as what you and your and your audience does. Because right. like, like I mentioned earlier, it's easy to just get caught up on by the time you start getting chores done and finish getting chores done. I didn't have a lot of time to watch the news. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm channel on and leave it on and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do that, but that presumes that you're, you know, inside, you know, true. true. Um, yeah. So, so that that's there's some of that within the uh, the ag industry, but as I think back to uh, to the COVID era, and and I told my I told my wife, you know, within marketing livestock, and I never dreamed that beef would take off like it did through through COVID, but you know, everything's shutting down. You know, I, I thought beef might shut down a little bit, and and then marketing breeding stock with with these farmers across the country. You know, I, I thought that might slow down with COVID. You know what happened in the farming world? Everybody slowed down for a few days and then almost nothing was different because you still had to get up and you had to do chores and you had to feed cows and you had to do like everything was the same. It was honestly so refreshing to watch the news and then talk to all of the people that I knew and conducted business on a daily basis that we all as a collective agricultural livestock industry thought it was a joke. You know, no, like I... I tell people I got 3,000 some people in my phone. Nearly all of them raise cattle. As far as I know, I think I, I know three Democrats. Like that's, that's, that's the world I live in. Right. And these people are not, like if you're worried about the agriculture industry as a whole, buying into, oh yeah, the government wants to, uh, uh, to make me use mRNA vaccines. You know what that, ag industry, I can say with confidence from knowing all these guys, they'll say, you know, the same thing when they say, hey, we want you to turn in your guns, come and get them. Right. Come catch my yeah. cow and give yeah. them a shot. Try it. You know, they, this, you're, you're talking about one of the, the holdouts of the conservative, family-oriented, you know, largely Christian base of the country. I, I, there, there's this vast concern about your food production. The good guys are on your team in agriculture. Good to I, hear. I really believe that. The good guys are on your team. You know who's not on your team? You know, ironically, now I'm, I'm, I'm rabbit trailing here, but uh, who's not on your team is is the government. Oh, shocker. Oh, man, you're, you're telling me the government is... And, and everybody asks me, what, what about, are you, are you certified organic? Are you, are you USDA organic? No, I'm not. Because I've read the standards and I understand and they're not all bad ideas, but you know what it looks like to me? It looks like a system that was bought and paid for by lobbyists owned by billion dollar corporations who got senators to pass their USDA organic licensing laws. That, that allow favor their industry, essentially. Yeah, it, it you know, is it good? Is it better for the animals? No. Is it better for the crops? No, it, not everything is bad. Not it, it, there's some good things about it, it you know, it. But there's this misconception like, well, we don't want chemicals on our food. We don't, we, we want it all certified organic. I got news flash for you. A lot of the organic crops have more chemicals on them than non-organic crops because there's loopholes that allow you to use other things. Like there's some name brand stuff that we're gonna say is bad, but we're gonna quietly go around the backside. And, and no, they, those crops still utilize different chemicals and sometimes more so than non-organic crops. You know, the, 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 the G, oh, everybody's, no, don't, don't use GMO grains. Don't use, they're genetically modified. You know what they're genetically modified with? They crossed a corn plant with a petunia 
with a petunia plant because then you know what happens is the petunia plant is naturally resistant to insects and bugs that would eat the corn plant so when you cross the corn plant with a petunia plant now you don't need pesticides you want to go buy gmo free corn that hasn't been crossed with the petunia plant you know what it has on it pesticides hmm. now so you you want to talk about the people you can trust then this is why, on honest to goodness, one of the reasons why we are family farm beef box is because I represent family farmers. I wanted to be a voice because I believe in these guys. Not, I mean, there's a few bad apples here and there, but you know, every industry is is made up of people, and people aren't perfect. Well, now you got to do a whole show on GMO foods with you. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, <laughs> there's an interesting uh, proponent of GMO foods. Bill Nye the Science Guy. I don't agree with him about everything, but go back in time and find Bill Nye the Science Guy. And he came out in the last few years or so with a special little show specifically on GM. That's where I learned about the petunia was from Bill Nye the Science Guy. You know, he said, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad until he studied and he was like, well, it's all right. What's so scary about the dreaded petunia? No, it, it's, it's um, so I guess quoting my source, that's my source. Except Don't I read the science guy. doesn't have a science degree. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. But uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that, maybe my source okay. is all washed up, but that's I'll where I got it. it from. Okay, all good. But, um, but no, I, I, I don't trust, I, I got trust issues with the government. Mm -hmm. And when they tell me that this is the way you have to raise your livestock and this is the way you have to raise your crops, I mean, I, I've studied it, but from someone that that's all I've done is raise livestock and raise crops, I'm going to say it's not as healthy as you think. Like we're putting our, like we don't trust the government for all of these other reasons, but this one area of food production, oh yeah, it's government organic. That's the one area that the government has really shined and they're really perfect in this area. If yeah. you want to believe that, okay. But, but from an ag production standpoint, I tell people I want our cattle to be as naturally healthy as possible. I, I do that but but common sense goes a long ways moderation in all things yes you know is is there such a thing as like doing too much for your animal you know i probably do i probably do too much for an animal and give them too much antibiotic because it's dying and i'm I, and i and antibiotics are expensive they're 20 30 40 bucks a dose and I'm, you can go out there every day and you're doing this again and again and and probably I gave him too much antibiotic, but I, but you know why? Because the animal is dying. Yeah. And there's a slim chance that I might be able to help it get turned around. It's suffering. It's losing weight. It's thick. Now it can't stand up. I drag a bucket of feed out to this cow that can't stand up, you know, and I bring it feed and water, and that cow is dying. You know what I do? I waste my money on antibiotic, thinking maybe it'll help it. Right. And the, the folks in the city that are like, oh, you give your cat about Yes, there's a chance it might help the cow. There's a chance it might help the cow. Of course I give antibiotics. You know, a little known fact about the organic regulations, if you have a sick cow, per their regulations, you have to give it or you have to treat it with antibiotic. Hmm. Nobody knows that. Because you know why? If you don't treat it for that sickness, it's suffering and dying and it's cruel and unusual punishment to the animal. So within the organic system, yes, you have to treat that animal. It's 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 and now then it gets kicked out of the program, you know, and, and so now it's not healthy anymore. But but obviously you have to treat it because I mean I I don't believe I don't believe people are more I don't believe animals are more important than people, but I do care about my animals. And that leads to good beef and tasty food. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to brag, but I, I, I tell people we don't know too many things about too many things in Nebraska, but we kind of got this beef deal figured out. Blade, thank you. Anything else you want our audience to know on this uh, this round of our, our, our fireside chats? I'm going to say uh, walk properly before outsiders. Be dependent on no one. And go check out Family Farm Beef Box if you want a better place to get your steaks. <laughs> I, we're 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 in agreement there. My we uh, we're having schnitzel tonight with some of your beef. I'm told so. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Blade. Thanks. Take care. Gosh, what a good guy.
Yeah, so there you go. You're uplifting into the show. I, I did get one little vignette, though. When he was talking about the dreaded petunia, I sort of had this vision of Little Shop of Horrors. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So familyfarmbeefbox.com. Check it out. You can get shipments on a regular basis. You can try their sample kit. I can tell you for sure, and my family will back me up, and my friends will back me up, the beef is fantastic. It tastes different from what you buy in the mass market stores because it's just a lot better. Um, so anyway, fill your freezer and your wife and your kids will thank you for it. Familyfarmbeefbox.com. Support him. Get your beef. You'll know it's not mRNA, and you support free media as well. Anything else, Bill? I think that's it for today. Uh, we're looking forward to um, uh, further reports from you while you uh, make your way across Israel and, and elsewhere in the coming days. So uh, be safe, and uh, we're excited to see what you learn. Great. Go ahead and take us out. Thank you. All right. Here we go. <laughs>